What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. Yes, I said I'm unstoppable, and so are you. Go get the Rocket Fuel book, Convert Setbacks, Become Unstoppable. That is at MikeCRock.com forward slash book, or you can go get it on Amazon. It's up to you wherever you go, but go get that book and read about how I became unstoppable and how you can as well. Today, we have the love doctor, Anil Gupta. He overcame suicide in 2008 and has since then formulated the happiness formula. He has spoken on Fox News, Harvard, Sky TV, TEDx written a bestseller book, Immediate Happiness, and founded The Happiness Score. And by the way, he's also appearing on the What Do You Made Up podcast, as you see right now. So this is a big deal for him and for me. But uh, we're also uh, you know, in, in some other uh, organizations together uh, where we work on content and creating. And, and I'm just so excited to be a part of groups with him because he's such a, a wonderful spirit. And wait till you get to hear his story. So Anil, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. Very excited to share content and you know create massive shifts in people's mindset today. Yeah. So we always start the show with the same question, and that's why it's called "What Are You Made Of?" So, Doctor, what are you made of? I'm made of integrity. It's everything. What you say, what you do, being your word. Now, a lot of people don't really understand what integrity is. It's being your word. If you say you're going to do X, you do X. If you say you're going to be on this call at 3 p.m., you're going to be on this call at 3 p.m. In fact, you'd be on the call at five to three. So you're never, ever late. You know, you, you're on time, you're early, you're ready for it. So if you say to your wife, honey, of course, I'll do that. Go ahead and do that. It's being your word. And if you are your word, you're aligned, you're integrous, you can lead a richer, fuller, happier life. I love that. We did a series on uh, integrity in my, the coach that I'm working with, Mr. Richie Dolan, and he sent us an article to read about integrity and, you know, really understanding that integrity means complete and whole. And if you had a car that didn't have integrity, the car wouldn't be safe to drive. So why are we okay with our bodies not being in, in integrity? So, and this is what I think, it starts every day, every morning. Doesn't your integrity have to start every morning the next day when you wake up? You got to start again and make sure you're, you're in integrity, right? No? Not at all. No. It doesn't stop. It doesn't start. It doesn't stop. You, you have to be integrous while you're sleeping. And what do I mean by that? By your thought processes. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. start. You, you don't suddenly turn it off and turn it on. It's who you are. It's who you're being. You know, if you're a kind person, you're a kind person. You don't start being kind in the morning. You're a kind person. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't stop. Yeah. So I guess I, you. I should rephrase that. So when you get up in the morning, to me, if you get out of a bed that you just slept in, you should make the bed when you get up. And if you don't make that bed and you make the decision not to one day, you're out of integrity. Does that make sense? Not necessarily. No. Okay. Listen, I love having a conversation about it. Yeah. So if you say to you know, the word, I'm going to make my, the bed up, or you say to yourself, I'm going to make the bed up, and you don't do it, then you're out of integrity. But I don't make my bed. I wake up in the morning, I open the covers, 
and I expect the cover to be undone in the morning. But they're always done because my wife has her rule. I have my rule. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not out of integrity because mm-hmm. I'm keeping to my word. I said, honey, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, you're right. You're right. Because if I say I'm going to make the bed every morning because I want to practice discipline for myself, then I have to be hold the integrity to myself for saying that. That's what you're saying. I get it. Yep. No, I love it. I love it. So get into your story a little bit. You know, I, I watched your TEDx talk. I absolutely loved it. You could take us back as far back as you want, but what's gone into making Anil? It's really all about the formula for fulfillment, which is uh, fulfillment equals G cubed. There's three parts of our lives, basically. And the first part is give. You have to give. Give your time, your energy, your love, your commitment, your joy, your gift, your money. Give it away, not wanting anything in return. The second part is you have to be grateful for what you have and not focus on what you don't have. And the third part is you have to grow emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally. And really, that's the secret to living a fulfilled life. You have to give, you have to grow, you have to be grateful. And it's, it, it's simple, but it's powerful, but it's too simple for people. They think, oh, it can't be that simple, but really it is. It's not difficult at all, but we throw stones, we throw rocks, we sabotage, we mess things up, but really it's very simple. And so take us back, like what, what happened for you to really come into this awareness of this and what struggles did you have? So it was uh, November, 2008. I remember it very well. I got invited to a very <laughs> special event. Uh, Tony Robbins was in Miami, South Beach. He had a private event with some top speakers. And at that time, I'd lost everything in the stock market. And I, I was honestly on the verge of suicide. I was on, on the top, top floor of this hotel. And I remember looking down and I thought, oh, my God, this is so easy. But it wasn't. And in those moments, I had an intervention from Tony, about three interventions from his wife, Sage, and also about four or five interventions from uh, Tony's brother-in-law. And I really, really got that life wasn't about me. It's about the difference I made. And from that day onwards, everything changed. And it was a very powerful, powerful day in my life. The worst day of my life became the best day of my life. And so what led up to that, though? You know, losing everything in the stock market, I mean, was that was the crash, I guess. Yeah, 2008, because I'm in the mortgage business and real estate Mm -hmm. as well. So we went through that as well. But, you know, like how long of a time was it leading up to that where you were realizing yourself that you weren't happy? It wasn't just one day, was it? It was like a period of time that just kind of crept up. Yeah. You know, I was a high achiever. So it wasn't just the stock market. It was real estate too. Yeah. And uh, of course, it, it, it was a period of, you know, three to six months. But then it, it was basically gambling. You know, some days uh, I, would, I would make some money, then I would lose even more the next. But it was a, a, really a, a death of a thousand knives. But it came to a culmination point, And I was in denial thinking, oh, it's going to change. I'll I'll get out of this. I'll get out of this. And when I realized I can't, I thought, oh my goodness, I don't have any choice here. What do I do? What do I do? And the thought of suicide came into my head. I thought, wow, you know what? That would be the easiest option. My family would be better without me. And it was tough. It was very tough indeed. Yeah. And what what kind of business were you in? We had a, a real estate office and really trading on the stock market. So, uh, and property. So we were doing a combination of everything. Gotcha. Okay. And then, so from there, when you made that decision that day not to do it and to turn your life around. Take us through the process of how you got back on track and how you, you know, resiliency is a word that a lot of people use, but to me, that's not strong enough because I never want to get back to the original place. Obviously, the original place is better than where the setback is, but I want to blast through it. That's my mindset of everything. I don't want to be back to where I was before because where I was before got me to where I was, where I am. So can you take us through the steps that you took to really understand that life is more to that than just money 
and how you rebounded and now how you're trying to impact people. Yeah. So there's no trying here. Uh, we just did it. You know, I, I'm not trying to impact people. I am. Yeah. I didn't try to rebound. I did. And you, know, you said a very, very important thing. You know, people say, oh, I want to get back to normal. No, you never want to get back to normal. You want to get to normal, abnormal. You want to create something so magnificent. And one sentence changed my life. And it was this. Be so amazing, you cannot be ignored. And if you are ignored, it doesn't matter because how you show up will be this magnificent soul. So on that day, I changed my identity from money to love. And in the next few weeks and months, I became a billionaire. And I tell you, I'll share this with the world. And you too can do this. Stop using the US dollar as your currency. Change your currency to love, peace, joy, giving, being present, loving, caring joyful, you will become a billionaire, maybe a trillionaire. I'm working on being a quadrillionaire and a a trillionaire. (laughs) I love it. It it really is simple. You know, we're too, I was too attached to the US dollar. And I remember having to tell my wife, honey, look, I've got some really bad news. She said, what is it? I said, look, you know, I've lost everything on the stock market, real estate, we're going to lose the house, the cars, the college funds, everything. And, you know, peculiarly, and I was a little bit annoyed at the time, to say the least, she smiled at me. I thought, is she laughing at me? What, what the hell's wrong with you? She said, no, honey, I knew something was wrong. I thought it was something serious. I said, honey, there's nothing more serious than this. She said, you don't get it. I thought you were dying. I thought you had cancer. I don't care about the money. I've never asked you for money. And I was so confused. And I thought, holy moly. And she said, you made one big mistake. I thought, I knew this was going to come. I knew that she was going to hold this against me. Said, honey, you haven't lost everything. You still have me. We still have the kids. We'll sleep in the street if we have to. I don't care. And that was the pivotal point. And I was able to let go, to let go of beating myself up and realizing what's really important in life. Mm. It's not the stuff, it's who you're being, how you're showing up, the relationships and the health. That's it. Richard Branson told me two most important things in life relationships and health. There is nothing more important. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't trade a billion dollars, you know, if somebody told me I'd only have one day left, you know, absolutely. Now there are people listening that are dealing with money problems and they're struggling to pay their bills. So there's a line somewhere where you still have to figure out a way to bring the money in and finances in and set goals for yourself. And so I don't like to use the word balance, but how do you juggle that, I guess, with, with going on this approach of being a billionaire, trillionaire in love? Yeah. And it's mindset. Everything is mindset. There is always a way. You know, um, Les Brown, a beautiful man, said you have to be hungry. So there's a very famous philosopher by the name of Socrates. And someone came up to him and said, Socrates, I want to be successful. Will you teach me? And Socrates looked at the young man and said, yes, come with me to the beach. So they went to the beach and Socrates says, you still want to be successful? And the man said, yes, come walk with me into the ocean. And they did. And then all of a sudden, Socrates grabbed the man's head and plunged it under the ocean until he, he was spluttering for breath. And then he let him go. And the man was so confused. Socrates, you tried to kill me. What, what's wrong with you? He said, I'm teaching you what success is. I don't get it. I don't get it. He said, look, I'll explain to you what success is. When I was holding your head down in the water, what is it you wanted more than anything else? He said, I wanted to breathe. I wanted to breathe. And he said, that's what success is. When you want something so badly, that's the only thing you think of. So if you're having financial problems, think of a way. There's always a way. Be, be thinking of a, an outcome, a difference, or a different way of being. Innovate, anticipate, find a way. And I promise you, you will. You have to. But focus on that one thing that's going to give you that freedom, 
And the thing that's going to give you that freedom is in between you here. This is the most expensive real estate in the world. Use it. Remove some of the tenants, the fungi, the, the, the bad thoughts. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. So that you can think clearer because people are living rent-free in your head. I know they are. And it ain't doing you any good. Yeah. So make today the day. Evict them. Get rid of them. Yeah. yeah. I like that. <laughs> well, well, you know, I, was, I just did a talk this week on Monday about emotional contagions and really getting my people that were following me to understand that when you walk into a room, you need to be intentional and understand that the people could contaminate you with their attitude, their emotions, their energy. And also, which is very important, and I talk to my son about this all the time because I have a 14-year-old boy and an eight-year-old girl. And kids, they fight sometimes, right? And so, you know, the way he talks to her as a 14-year-old to an eight-year-old, he gets frustrated sometimes. But I had to tell him like, dude, listen, what you say to her, your garbage that you're bringing can pull her down. And you don't want to do that really to your sister. But it's all reaction that's coming from him sometimes. And so I was yeah. you know, really getting into that. But can you talk a little bit about emotional contagion since you're talking about people taking up real estate in your brain? Yeah. So let me ask you a question. If you had a stranger knock on your house and they were smelly and dirty and, and you know, covered in you know, all sorts of malevolence, would you let them in your house? No. Would you let someone who stepped in shit walk into your house? <laughs> no. Hold up. Hold up. No. Take your damn shoes off. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't do it. Yeah. But when it comes to your mind, you welcome them in, you feed them, you clothe them, you ask them to tell them their stories, and you welcome them, and you welcome them, and you love hearing their stories again and again and again. Don't do that. You know, people will easily give their happiness away by letting these people into their head. This is the most expensive real estate in the world. Why would you rent it out to people who are not paying rent, who are destroying your property, and destroying your mind? And they're taking away your freedom, your joy, your peace, your tranquility. Mm -hmm. Get rid of the C players in your life. You don't need them. Who you spend time with is who you become. Yeah. Make this a golden yeah. rule. Say no to people who don't enhance you, even if you're married to them, even if you're related to them. Say no, I'm not accepting that behavior. You can continue being the way you're being, but not in my head. Yeah. Let them go, forgive them, move on. Very yeah. powerful. Yeah, you know, and I think a lot of people do that because they feel better about themselves when there's people that are lower than them and they and it's a comfort thing maybe, you know? But one thing about this doctor I have noticed is and this is in my company I noticed that when we pull bad seeds out, irrational people out, when we pull those cancers out, it just doesn't go back to normal. It goes there's a propulsion there. It's like a boost and it's just amazing how that works. It's not a little bit of change. And so every time I've taken someone out of our company that didn't align with our company, our values, our core values, or what we were aligned you know, to go towards, we've always had a big impact in our production, the morale, yeah. and it works in personal, interpersonal too, in your family as well, right? Absolutely. If I can share a, a way to get this done really quickly. So um, write down all the people that you spend time with. Next to them, their names, write down how much time you spend with them. And then, then I want you to grade them. A, people are enhancers. B, people are, yeah, you know, okay. But C, people are pulling down. Just get rid of all the Cs. And if you can't bring a B to an A, spend less time with them. This one exercise will change everything. Mm -hmm. 
You do not want C players in your life. And I know why you hang around C players, because you feel good in helping them, but they will drag you down and they'll drag you down and they'll drag you down. And then all of a sudden you think, oh my goodness, how did I get here? Yeah. And as you've said, once you let these C players go, everything explodes because you're surrounded by people who will expel you onto greatness. It's like if you put five crabs in a bucket and one tries to leave, the other four will pull it down. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. Get rid of these people. Get rid of them. And being intentional and conscious with what you are. Grade yourself, right? Assess yourself because you don't want to be that C player. You know, to me, I think it's imperative if we're not going for our potential, if we're not elevating others by being an impact on them from ourselves, we should be asking for forgiveness at night. It's that evil to me. And a lot of people don't think of it that way. But, uh, you know, uh, I was going to tell you one, one story about this. I forgot what I was going to say with it. But anyway, so yeah, so we need to be intentional with that. We need to make sure that we're the ones, not the ones bringing other people down as well. Now, I wanted to talk about the business aspect of things for a second, because I'm sure there's a lot of lessons to learn. Back in 2008, when you were going through that, what have you, have you replayed which, what happened in your mind with it? Taking ownership, one, not beating yourself up, but taking ownership of it and replayed in it to see what kind of lessons that you could have learned from it. And if you did, what are some of the uh, lessons that you learned of how you could have maybe avoided the, as big a blow as it was, or maybe just, I don't know, get out earlier or whatever the case may be? You know, I don't focus on that. I'm just grateful it happened. You see, the thing is, I don't need to dissect it. And this is what people do. They dissect it. You don't need to look. Something happened and I fixed it. That's it. Move forward. There is no past. Don't live in the past. Only look forward. Be so amazing. If you just be so amazing today that you cannot be ignored, if you became 1% happier, 1% more fulfilled, 1% more giving, caring, playful, joyful, today you could do that. Over a week, a month, a year, the compounding effect of that would be huge. Focus on the now. Don't worry about the past. Just move forward, grow, give, and be grateful. And I promise you, everything changes. Yep. And now when you decided to be a creator with this and go speak and be an author and all that, talk about that journey. How, how did you get started? Did you consult with a coach or how did you know what the first steps were? I had no idea, but my wife said, what do you love to do? And I said, I love to coach. So I started coaching and helping people. And a friend of mine, Louis, said, Anil, you've helped me. You've helped my wife. Why don't you do an event? I said, well, I'm kind of scared. He said, what are you scared of? I said, well, what happens if no one turns up? And he said, Anil, if no one turns up, no one will know. I said, great, (laughs) I'll do that. I was so concerned what other people thought of me. Yeah. But uh, as Richard Branson says, you have to say yes. Learn to say yes and move forward. So my first event was six people, 10, 20, 50. Eventually, I spoke in front of 10,000 people. But that would never have happened if I hadn't said yes. So for you to take the second step, you have to take the first step. And the one thing that will stop you, two things that will stop you is fear of rejection and fear of failure. They will destroy your dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, fear of rejection, fear of failure will destroy your dreams. That's not what you're here for. Yeah. You know, I'm considering some point this year, I'm not sure the exact date yet, but we're going to be putting together some masterminds. And when I've done the online coaching things, you always have that in the back of your mind. You do like, what if nobody shows up? But it's not for me if nobody shows up. I can deal with that. But if there's only three people, like you said, six people, right? But there's only two or three and you're anticipating trying to get, you know, if, like let's say it's a mastermind, 15 to 20. Do you just roll with it and enjoy those three people and give all you can to those three people? Or do you cancel it and wait till you can get a bigger audience? Well, you know, it's a simple answer to that. You ask yourself, what's the right thing to do here? And the right thing to do is, you know, they've showed up, they've trusted you, you should show up for them and you should go 150% for them. So, hey guys, look, 
I, I apologize. There should have been more people here. I will not let you down. I'm going to give you the most incredible delivery. And that's a bonus for you trusting in me. I'm going to give you X extra and X extra. So that when you go out in the world and say, oh my God, Anil was amazing. You know, he was expecting 30 people, only three people showed up, but he over-delivered. Man, you missed out. Oh my goodness. Right. So right, it's about right. how you show up. Yeah. There, are, there are two. Yeah. Go, no, no, go ahead. There are two types of people. Ones that make you happy when you enter a room and ones that make you happy when you leave a room. Which one are you? <laughs> really? It's that simple. That's right. That's right. I love it. You know, so I just finished writing my book. It's getting ready to be uploaded very, very soon today, this week, sometime to Amazon and all that. What was the process of writing a book for you like? And how has it been? Like what changed after, not necessarily in you, but what things did you see come about after writing that book? So a friend of mine, um, I, I used to have some property and I used to just you know, give it out to friends and they would come and stay. And one year he asked me, hey, can I do anything for you? I said, no, it's fine. Next year he said, can I do anything for you? I said, what do you actually do? He says, well, I help people write a book. I said, oh, interesting. Would you help me? And he said, yeah. So he said, okay, what do we do? We go to your house and we go into your office. And I said, we're not going in my office. He said, why is that? So my office is, is in a mess. He said, that, Neil, that's the first thing we need to do. So we cleaned up my office. And within two days, the whole book got downloaded. So you have to clear the wow. clutter, wow. really. And you have to have a system. And it's, it was such an easy process. But the actual book lay on my desk for a year. I would thought, well, who am I to write a book? There's some spelling mistakes in there. There's some grammar mistakes. Why would anyone want to read my book? But that was just the ego. You see, you need to write the book to share your story. It's a unique story. No one has the same story. And it will impact one person. It's worth it. So that's how it came about. And then after the book was put in the hands of people, you know, obviously it's therapeutic when you write a book. I felt that way. I don't know if you did. Yes, but after, yes. after the fact, did you see things start to open up, opportunities or lives change, the feedback? Like what happened after the book was out and published? Everything changed because it becomes your calling card. It becomes your business card. It gives you credibility. You're more confident. People talk to you differently. People respect you. It gets you on stages. It gets you seen. It gets you heard. And it feels great. Yeah, I love it. That's right. All right. So as we wrap up here, I have one more question for you. But before I do that, what's the best way for my audience to engage with you? So if you go to my website, meetanil.com, and if you're suffering or have a real problem in your life and you want it resolved, this is what I do. Go to chatwithanil.com and you can have a private session with me. But only come to me if you have a big problem. The little problems get handled by themselves. But if you have a real problem, you're having a relationship problem or you're not connecting with your children, I'm the guy. Love it. Well, go guys, go support Anil. Go get the book. It's called Immediate Happiness. Go check it out. Last question for you. And first of all, before I ask you this, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I know you're a busy guy. I know you're very selective with who you come on and, I, and I'm glad we're in Gary Club together too as well. So I could look yeah, forward to engaging absolutely. with you further. The last question, the rocket fuel concept is to turn all setbacks, letdowns, difficulties, discouragement into rocket fuel for your future to become unstoppable. Taking everything that would normally stop or slow you down and you remove all that stuff and there's nothing in your way anymore. What does that concept meant to you in your life and going forward? So I'll tell you my rocket fuel moment is when my wife looked at me and she said, honey, I don't care about the money. I just want to be with you and with the kids. That to me was rocket fuel because if I've got that support, I can fly. I'm a rocket. I'm yeah. unstoppable. I'm invincible. When you have someone like that behind you, supporting you, ladies and gentlemen, you don't need anything else. 
apart from a parachute to stop you going too fast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's right, man. I'll tell you that when you just said that and you share that with what your wife said, I can almost feel like a release of pressure myself. You know, that, that really hits yeah. home. And my wife's the same way. Like I've been married almost 18 years. I'm so blessed and, and thankful, great, grateful for the wife that I have. And, uh, you know, the same way now, however, I do want to provide her the best life possible. So there is the other side of it for me. I probably put pressure on myself to make sure that I'm, you know, but, and, and you know, also nowadays you get the Amazon boxes delivered to your house. And I try to, I feel like I'm in a race with the Amazon delivery man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, doc, uh, thank buddy. you so much for coming on the show. No, and thank I, you. I look thank forward you. To- thank you to engaging with you further in the future. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you. You guys have been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock and the unstoppable Dr. Neil Gupta in the house. Thank you for listening. Go subscribe on your favorite podcast platform if you like to watch these. Because I liked, back in the day, I used to listen to Howard Stern and I listened to his voice and I always wondered what he looked like. If you want to watch these and see our handsome faces, go to YouTube at Mike C-Rock Scirocco, subscribe and then watch these on video. Until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, Mike crock.com forward slash book that's mike crock.com forward slash book go get yourself a copy thank you so much for your support and your listenership it means the world to me